True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. It was amazing seeing you for the first time in person at the True Hoop dinner Friday night. Really a great night. It was. We, we had a good time. David and his wife, Christy, and his brothers were, and their wives and significant others were up in town in New York City last weekend. So they were already at the place when uh, my partner and I got there, and I reached behind David. He didn't know I was there. I was going to tell the story. Him. Yes. For a guy that claims not to be Mr. Lovey-Dovey, he squeezed me like my dad would love to squeeze me right now. Yeah. In all seriousness, it was... It was um, you could tell we all enjoy each other's company and, and the way we communicate via uh, messaging and Google Meets every Saturday, every mm-hmm. every Monday morning, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that room was any bystander could have walked in, and because we had our own private room at Terror, a great fucking mm-hmm. spot, we'd been there before and felt the love and felt the connection. It was really nice. Yeah, it, it, it was a wonderful time. You know, we we had a nice little break during All Star, and we got to you know break bread and have some wine with each other, and you know tell stories and just, you know, sharing the love. Okay, that's it. No more love talk today. <laughs> um, so the All-Star game happened. Um, All-Star weekend happened. And by all accounts, it was one of the lowest rated All-Star games uh, in quite some time. Um, it was, yeah, lowest rated and least watched edition of the All-Star game. Ratings declined 29% and viewership 27% from last year's All-Star game. Um, you know, and there are some things happening around the league right now that have people concerned. Um, we have a a broadcast deal that we're working on. Well, not we, but that the league is working on right now. And, you know, it's, it's concerning for the powers that be, right? Like what is the state of the league? What's happening? What's going on? Where are we? And, you know, there's an issue right now with this idea that fans so people are feeling fans are not getting their just due here. And this is what Stan Van Gundy, uh, former coach, current broadcaster with TNT said. The most on Twitter, the most important people in any pro sports league are the fans. Those who come to the arenas, those who watch on TV, those who buy NBA gear, etc. Without fans, no one makes any money. With every action, everyone in the league needs to show and respect show respect for the fans. On its face, I don't disagree what with what Stan said. Um, but there are a couple different things at play here. One, the All-Star Game and All-Star Weekend. That's not real basketball, okay? Like, it is, it's just not, okay? It is an exhibition game, all right? And you have the top, the most famous players in the league come together and they show up for some dunks and threes and a game on Sunday. But All-Star Weekend is really about the league and its partners and sponsors and its business objectives, right? These players, when they arrive Thursday night, have a laundry list of things they have to do for the league. Appearances on behalf of NBA Cares, reaching out to different parts of the community, which, by the way, the players will all say are important and they enjoy doing. Okay, that's one piece. Then, most of the guys who work for or who are with the big agencies, Clutch and Excel and whatever, they have these agency dinners and whatever that they do when they talk about the state of their agency and what's going on. Okay, that's another thing. If you are the type that have shoe deals and beverage deals or whatever, there are other events going on that you must go and attend and sign autographs and do your thing, right? Okay. Then, of course, there is your normal media availability as it relates to All-Star, right? There's a lot going on these weekends. And the league's big-time partners, some select guys, will have to go and speak to the tops, the heads of those organizations, right? Because that's why they pay the NBA $6 billion for broadcast rights, right? So LeBron and whomever has got to go and sit with Adam and hobnob with these dudes for however many hours because, hey, man, they paid the bills, right? My point is, is that, oh, yeah, and in between all that, guys like me and David have to talk to you for 15 minutes. And they're like, oh, please, can I just go to my room and, like, sleep? I don't I don't want to do anything. This is on the heels of they've played 65-odd-some games already this season, and they're exhausted. David talks to players every day. I talk to players they're beat right now. They like one player told David, I just want to go home and have my mom's cooking. Like, I don't, I don't want to be on my hey, phone. I don't want to talk to anybody. He didn't even do that. There was just no time. <laughs> he, 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 even get he, home. Ended up, he ended up having just to, uh, he went home to his, his franchise city and just, I didn't hear from him for a couple of days. <laughs> he just vegged out, uh, just baked, just cooked from all that's going on in season in Salt Lake city. Yeah. It's just, it's just tiring. And so, and, and they do all of that. And then they have the game on Sunday, which supposedly matters the most. Of 
course they're exhausted by Sunday. And not to mention, they don't want to get hurt either in that game, right? That's the other thing. It's like, oh, man, come on. It By the time that game tips off at 8 or 9, whatever, on Sunday night, you're exhausted. Like, how, how did the ratings of the game compare to the three-point shootout and the all-star and the dunk contest? You know? I, I didn't see the numbers there. I mean, I think part of that, look, and I get the fans' complaint that they want to see the stars do the dunk contest. Like, look, I don't know what to tell you. It's not going to happen. Okay? Like, I don't – like. I don't care what you do. You put $10 million. That's, they're not going to do it. Like, they're just not. Again, because of the fact that they're exhausted all weekend. They just don't want to do all these extra things. And we have to re-examine, do we even think All-Star Weekend is worth it? Now, the NBA, of course, based on what I just told you, will say, yes, we have to do it. Because we have to meet these sponsors, meet these partners, and do, yeah, and do these things. But this is not, you know something that I think is geared around actual real basketball. You know, everyone has this nostalgic idea in their mind, David, of like, but in the nineties, the guys cared guys. I remembered and watched also game in the nineties. They didn't play defense. Then they always said, even then maybe in the fourth quarter, maybe in the fourth, what's, what's, what's intriguing to me. None of that. None of this was intriguing to me. And I I watched, uh, I saw highlights of the, of some of the dunks of one player, the guy that won. And, um, I saw one play in the All-Star game on video a couple of days later. I had no idea one. I don't follow. I don't care. But I don't care that other people care. I, I just don't because the games don't count. But what's intriguing to me is there is no defense being played in the three-point shootout or the dunk contest, and people seem to be interested in that. But there's also no defense, defense being played in the game, and they're not loving that. And so uh, I, you're probably better off just playing five on zero and letting them do amazing things. Than, than pretending to actually have a real game. Yeah, I think they have some concerns. I mean, I could see a future in, in the next 10 years where it's a tournament instead. Um, everyone comes to the same, you know, Las Vegas, Seattle, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. and you have some kind of tournament. There's some things you can do. I've even recommended playing short. When I, when I coach, when I was coaching high school, we would do open gym. And, and open gym, we're not supposed to coach during this offseason because our state's run by idiot football guys, <laughs> as if, as if in educating players more is a bad thing. Uh, but they want them in football when they're not playing basketball because they're corrupt and um, they don't care about kids. And so we, we would play lots of pickup games. And I would always play to seven, not counting by ones and twos. It's not how we keep scoring the real game. And the idea was I want a lot of thinking. And so I want a lot of game points. So our defense is thinking about game point. Our offense is always thinking about how do we get a bucket, force them to think as much as possible. And, and we have a whole bunch. I did the same thing, by the way, for pros. When I was, uh, when I was running uh, pro workouts for a large group of people, we would play short games and have a lot of game-winning possessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be more exciting. If we need, and, and guys might get more serious for shorter games than what they're doing now. They need to be innovative. They need to be creative. Uh, because I don't think they're suddenly going to start competing when they know there's just nothing, nothing matters and they're tired. Yeah, the, the game has no stakes, right? It, do, it doesn't count towards anything, right? Like, again, they're tired. They don't want to get hurt, right? Like, this is, this is just not, you know. So, yeah, to your point, there are ways to switch things around. Look, we, we talk about all the time on this show. Cut this season down, right? You're, you're saying well, that's a no-brainer, games, right? Cut this season down, and you might see better time at the All Star, right? Like, but it's in the middle of an 82 game season after already playing 60 plus games. No, you're just not going no to no-brainer. Yep. Um, the other part was Adam does his general state of kind the of state union. of the union, right? Like yeah. he does it here, he does it also at the NBA Finals, right? And he was asked about load management. He was asked about you know player movement. Like, is this stuff? good for the fans, the fans, the fans. And this brought back um, Stan Van Gundy's comments. And I want to be very clear. I'm not saying fans don't matter. Fans, of course, matter. There's no product unless there are people patronizing and supporting. But we need to do this thing or we need to stop doing this thing where we coddle the fan and it's like, oh, no, what was me? Poor them. Right. If I see one more story on Twitter about what about the family that took their four kids and so-and-so didn't play in the game? And I'm like, look, first of all, if you have the disposable income to take a family of six to a basketball game by concessions and jerseys, and I'm not crying for you and feeling too sad about you not getting to see your favorite player. Like, I'm sorry. Like on the list of things that are important. Okay. You, so LeBron wasn't playing that day. Like, I, sorry, but you saw the Lakers play whomever, right? 
when you buy it, when you buy tickets, that's what you buy tickets to. Lakers versus Team X, whoever that team is. You're not entitled to see LeBron and whoever is available is who you will see. Well, just right. But Gerard, I, I want to pick up on this point. I, of course, I agree with you. I want to make sure that we're comparing apples to apples. If, uh, if, if we only cared about the customers, which is what the fans are, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. If that was the case, let's say in the sneaker business, then we wouldn't care if sweatshops in Indonesia are making $3 Nikes mm-hmm. uh, because we all would benefit. Mm-hmm. But, but there's a humanity stake here. Correct. And that's what I think you're getting to. 100%. And it's to me, what, what drives me nuts is the ire that always gets thrown at the player as if it's their fault. You think that it's just like LeBron just decides and that's what it is? Like, no, like there's a whole process involved in any star player sitting out a game. David knows because he talks to players all the time, as do I. They, players don't want to sit out games. That's not how they're wired in their DNA. Just the they, opposite. They right. want to play. They want to play. But these teams are like, look, man, we got a long season. Based on what your performance metrics are showing right now, you need a break. Like, you can't, you know, and it's and it's not just simple, okay, sure, I'll do what you say. Like, it's usually a fight that goes on back and forth, and they make some, they get to some decision where it's like, fine, I'll sit out this game or I'll bring my minutes down in this one, whatever it is, to get the, 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 the end result. But, you know, look, there's... Jeannie Buss is something. Yell at her. Try, yell at her for charging you however much she charges you for tickets, right? It isn't a one-way street, but we do this thing where my favorite person isn't playing, it, right? So you lock in on that. I'm blaming LeBron. I'm blaming this one. I'm blaming that one. And it's a much larger, nuanced situation. And again, yes, the fans matter. But like I said, if I go to see Denzel on a Broadway play and he's sick that day, that just stinks for me, right? Like, it just is what it is. I got to see the understudy. It happens. Like, again, I have the disposable income to go to Broadway plays. Like, I, this shouldn't be a national issue, right? It, it is what it is. Yeah, it's like I don't feel sorry for the, the person who can't get an MIT and has to go to Duke. Right. It's like, or Northwestern or <laughs> Right. Something. It's like, oh, like, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, th- yeah th- there's, a lot, there's a lot of bigger issues to play. I understand the argument that they say, well, he isn't sick. He's just right. preventing a chance to be sick. And my response was, it has been, uh, you go back to a couple of years, four years ago, three years ago, when KD was, was kind of felt pressured to play in the mm-hmm. NBA finals mm-hmm. and lost a year mm-hmm. of his career. And he hasn't been past the second round since. Mm-hmm. And he's, no, you know, one of the greatest players ever mm-hmm. has not been past the second round and lost an entire season because of the injury he sustained. And I don't know if he had just sat the rest of the finals, if he could have torn his ACL, I mean, uh, his Achilles, Achilles. Mm-hmm. early the next season. There's a way lesser chance of that mm-hmm. had he had the entire offseason to recover. Um, this is what we're talking about here is their bodies, their, their mental health as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that they make as much money as they make is, is related to how much money the league makes. Right. And they get a share in that, as they Correct. should. Uh, if, if it's, and it's true that if fans stop watching to the level they're watching now, uh, at some point, those salaries will drop. And instead of maybe making $30 million a year, maybe the best players make 10 mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. That's just a reality that they're going to have to be faced with one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but normally in this world, the best at anything gets paid the most. These guys are the best player in the world. They'll make the most money, most whatever that is. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that business, and that's what we're talking about, how to build the business. And I, I, uh, I think we've got to do some real changes, as we've talked about a bunch, to make sure the business grows and doesn't reduce, isn't reduced. No, you're 100% right, 100% right. And, you know, yesterday we had on Teresa Runstetler, who is the author of Black Ball, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Spencer Haywood, Oscar Robertson and the the players that saved the soul of the NBA. And we talked about this very subject. All these issues now, right, is all about who has control over the black body, right? Over these players' bodies. Like this is what everything everyone's fighting about. Fans want to see it every time they show up, right? You have to be here. The NBA is like, we got to get owners, we want 82 games because that's how our revenue models work. Okay, well, you know, at some point there's gonna be a tax to pay for that, right? It's already happening. Well, right. It's it's already happening right now. And so this cannot continue on the way that it is. 
it just can't because it's not sustainable in, in this manner with the way that athletes are progressing physiologically. Like this is the game is too difficult on you physically and mentally for us to continue on in this manner. So again, you know, Adam's got to really look at how do we reshape the future of this league, right? To make it so that we continue to draw in young fans. We continue to, you know, get people excited about watching the actual games, right? Um, you know, we have some ideas, um, but it's going to take a lot of just smart people, which, by the way, the league always touts that they have that work for them. Tons yeah. of smart people. You know, did, did you ever read the book Seabiscuit? No. I see the movie. I saw the movie. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember the movie as well. I, the book I thought was really good. Um, it, was, it was, you know, it was 15 years ago, whatever. There was a period of time where horse racing was the biggest sport in this country. Sure was. Right? Uh, much more recently than that, uh, everyone I knew had a BlackBerry. Everyone, including me. Up until two years ago, I still had one. <laughs> um, and I'm very upset that I don't have them anymore. Uh, the businesses, the business climate changes, right? Things change. Nobody has an iPod for music anymore. Correct. Right? It seems almost silly that you ever did. Um, businesses change. Our, our league has to change. There has to be some growth here. There has to be some innovation. Um, in my article coming up about defense, Draymond, I use your quote that you put uh, yours nice. from Anthony Slater about, um, it's not coming. You got to right. go get it. Mm -hmm. Uh, with the NBA, we can't, they can't just say, well, we'll, we'll be fine. No, you won't. No, right. No, you better go get it. You better go get those fans. And it can't be this way that it's going now. The all-star game is part of the symptom is one of the symptoms of a bigger problem uh, that we have to address. Our, our, our kids, I mean, I, I lived for the tape delay games, 1130. Mm -hmm. I lived for Sunday afternoon basketball mm -hmm. on NBC. Mm -hmm. Same um, mm -hmm. You didn't have a lot of stations to watch. Right. And, right. Two, so, four, five, seven, nine, 11, 13. That's it. <laughs> right. We have saturation and we, we have to pivot. Uh, maybe fantasy will help in gambling, but we have to be aware to do some things uh, the players need to focus on playing better basketball. They're, right. they're doing that. Mm -hmm. They're in shape most of the time. Most of the players, they work their ass off on the court. Uh, their mental health is getting better and better despite what's happening around them. Otherwise, it'd be way worse. Uh, the, the other people, the people in control need to do a better job. Yeah, these, and that's owners and, and, and the league officials, right? Yeah. They have to figure out, okay, yeah, we want to keep our money coming in. We got that. You want to keep your money. Yeah, understood. We're rooting but for you. You've got to reshape how this works because this yeah. current model is not here. Staying on that vein, there were comments from uh, Kyrie and KD, but Kyrie specifically this weekend uh, at All Star Weekend about player movement, and you know he says people change jobs all the time. Um, but you know there was a way in which what Kyrie was talking about was a bit disingenuous, and you know the way you can see that is in how Brooklyn handled him and Kevin Durant at the end of, of, of this, of their tenure in Brooklyn. Kyrie wasn't given the opportunity or the option by Nets management to go to his preferred destination, right? The Nets decided we're doing what's in the best interest of us because you did not show us good faith while you were here, right? We don't believe that you honored your end of the, of the, of the, of the contract, which we've talked about, right? Every, 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 Every year it was something different. It's not taking the vaccine. It's spouting off anti-Semitic videos. It's just everything to cause issues beyond playing basketball. Versus on the Durant side, while he may have wanted certain things to happen from a front office perspective, when available to play and not injured, showed up on the court every day, played MVP level basketball, right? And worked with management behind the scenes to say, okay, if by some chance things don't seem to work out, my preferred destination will be Phoenix. If you can't get me to Phoenix, uh, the trade deadline. I'll finish out the, the rest of the year. We'll try again in the summer, but let's keep it, you know, as you love to say, David, between us and not let it leak out to the press. Well, Katie got to go where he wanted. Kyrie didn't, right? And I think that illustrates, yes, players should have control about where they go, but there's a way to handle it professionally. Well, what bothered me, Gerard, is Kyrie acting as if he um, was like an employee at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Uh, when he said people change jobs all the time when they're not happy with the work environment. That's true. But if you were able to go to your job at Dunkin' Donuts and fire the general manager <laughs> and bring a new general manager right. and then fire the, uh, the um, uh, uh, whatever uh, Im important employee that right. you had. The shift because, manager. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. who had great futures mm -hmm. so that you could bring in your own guy mm -hmm. because 
the guy they just extended, Jacques Vaughn, mm-hmm. was he there before? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And didn't they instead want Steve Nash? Someone mm-hmm. wanted Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. We don't know who. Yeah. But uh, I believe Kyrie was part of the decision-making For process. Sure. For sure. He said he was. When they talked about who coached the team, he said something to me, something to me, KD, something to me, Nash. So let's let's just at least be honest. That's not honest, Kyrie. Right. You, you created the mess in part when you got there, mm-hmm. and then you just made it filthier. Mm-hmm. That was just your choice. So yeah, go do whatever you want to do, but let's at least be honest mm-hmm. about it. That's what bothered me is this is where player empowerment is going to meet with reality. I'm all for it. But there has to, it has to come with responsibility. As I like to say, Gerard, I tell parents this all the time, including very recently, don't tell your college-bound child where to go. I normally am doing it based on basketball, but not always. Sometimes parents have called me and their child isn't playing a sport at all. Uh, I say the same thing. You, get, you can give them, if, first of all, if you're paying for it, then you can tell them what you're willing to pay for. Give them mm-hmm. options. Mm-hmm. But they have got to make the choice. They've got to take ownership of the choice because when things get tough, which they always do, especially in the sport part of it, uh, not if you're just a regular student typically, uh, they, they have a better chance of sticking to it when they made the choice to begin with. It's too easy to say, well, this is what my mom wanted me to do anyway. I don't want to do this. And they're out. Mm-hmm. And that's not how you, that's not, that's not going to give you the grit required. I feel the same way here. Uh, players, need to hold themselves accountable because we really can't. The media can, mm-hmm. but it's, it's toothless. They can just ignore what we write or say. They've got to say, no, I made this team. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay with it. Damian has done that to some degree in Portland, although I don't think he's made changes. Right. He's decided to commit. They're paying him money. He's going to commit to it, at least for now. Um, this is where I think it needs to be. Uh, I would have liked Kyrie to say, you know what? You're right. Yeah, I, I was all for you changing coaches. I was all for you getting rid of Jared Allen for DeAndre Jordan. Um, I know you won't give me an extension. I'm just going to earn that extension uh, or new contract the way I play in the postseason. That, that to me, is better for the player to take that approach and not the approach Kyrie took. Um, that, that would require some self-awareness, which I'm not really sure that he possesses a ton of. Um, I, would, I would argue that he does not. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and this, this this point about player movement, again, Adam talked about it and, you know, there's different schools of thought. Again, going back to the fan, fans feeling like I can't root for a team because these players leave every three years and I don't know who. And it's like, look, I, I think there's a way in which, to your point, David, that players can have autonomy and control about where they play and fans can still root for for franchises. The way in which you get angry at players for moving Show that same level of anger for your franchises for not running good organizations, right? Like that's an area that we don't talk about enough, right? Run better organizations. And oftentimes, not every time, you'll have players want to stay because most of the time when players want to move, it's because they're like, this place is terrible. Like you guys aren't helping me get to my end goal because most guys in the league want to win, right? That's what they want to do. Now, other guys are just like, you know, I'm going to make the money and do whatever and it's fine and I don't begrudge them. One one typically ties into the other anyway. Right. If you know, listen, yeah. if you want to make a, earn almost a billion dollars in your career, who am I to say no? Right? right. Sure. People get into this for all different reasons. And I think that's the other piece that fans need to understand, right? It's like, yeah, some guys, that's what that's what they want. And that's fine. Right. It's really okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope that um I'd like to see everyone be held more accountable. That's why we hate tanking too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 it allows for it, it rewards incompetence. Yes. And yes. yeah, it's uh, all of this is tied into the same thing. Well, you, you know, our, our, our belief, David, which is all of you billionaire owners, you love free market capitalism in your real work where you made your billions, but in this, you want something else. Yeah. Well, you want insurance, dra- right? Get rid of the draft. Like, no, no. And it's just open free market. You guys are so brilliant and so smart. Figure it out. You negotiate with whomever. Figure out how to build a roster. Get competent people in there. Build the right culture and do what you have to do. But they don't want that because that requires extra work and they've got to really be diligent about it. They'd rather have protection. Don't protect me from giving this guy too much money. Protect yourself, right? What would you do in your normal business if you hired somebody to be the CEO and they bombed? You'd can them, right? Well, figure it out. For sure. I've seen Succession. (laughs) 
<laughs> succession uh do back this spring looking forward to it yes sir. um all right everybody stay tuned we'll be back after this short commercial break this episode of true hoop is brought to you by BetterHelp. hey guys Gerard from true hoop here if you had an extra hour in your day what would you do it's a hell of a question would you maybe go for a run take a nap read a book or maybe show up for a friend now depending on the day any one of those would be a great idea most of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Now, I've been open in the past with you guys about this. I see a personal therapist as well as a couple therapists for my partner and I. And both are extremely helpful in developing positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com TrueHoop today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TrueHoop. All right, David, we are now in sort of a sprint to the finish. Everyone likes to think all-star halfway mark. I'm like, I don't know what you people are talking about. We 25, got like, 27 Yeah, games. we got like 25 games or so left, and that's it. And then it's time for the playoffs. So there's some teams, like some contenders that really need to start figuring out, okay, where are we? What do we need to do to get ourselves on that right ship? So let's start with the, the teams that I believe are at the top, the front of the championship bus that are, you know, these are the teams that are looking pretty good in the East. The Boston Celtics. What are you seeing from Boston and what are you looking for them coming up? Well, I want to see uh, uh, Robert Williams. You know, his, he, I think he's there today now. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where's he going to be at? He's so important to them. Uh, Mike Muscala's fit, just another big guy. But ultimately, it's, it's where's their defense. I thought last year there was such a dominating defensive team. Their offense is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And, and there's just so many weapons. So Brogdon's shooting like 50% from three and February. Um, he's just one of many. But they've got 12 games going forward now against top 10 offenses. If, if they ace that or come close to acing that, they become very serious favorites. It, it, if they show that, no, they're a two-sided sledgehammer. If they don't, then other teams going to have a much better chance. So that, that's what I'm looking for for them. No, that, that makes perfect sense so on, on the Boston side. I like that, that the test, right? So those 12 games against the top offenses, what do they look like? And if they look yeah. really good, no, they're a juggernaut. And by the way, they should be, right? Went to the finals last year. Yeah. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks quietly won 12 straight. They're right there uh, behind the Celtics. Uh, Giannis is dealing with an, a wrist injury, so that's something to watch. But what are, what are you looking for for the Bucks? Well, without Giannis, um, let's see. Middleton really struggled. I don't remember what he's shooting from three, but below 30%. Um, he, he, uh, he's to me, the, the, the X factor, he's got to be able to create some, uh, save possessions for them late in games in the playoffs. Uh, so we'll, we'll watch him see how he looks. I don't think there'll be a magical wand waved in the postseason. He needs to start showing it more now. Um, you know, they gotta, they gotta integrate, uh, Jay Crowder mm-hmm, mm-hmm. into the mix. And Myers Leonard, who they just picked up. Yeah. I don't think he'll play a whole lot, okay. but, but I think Crowder will, um, and then another factor for me is Joe Ingles, who was 20, mm-hmm. 21% from three in February. Uh, he's a hell of a playmaker. He's not getting to the free throw line at all. He's got to be able to make threes uh, because he's someone else that can manufacture possessions mm-hmm. with good shots himself or a teammate in case Chris is, doesn't have it, um, but not at the rate he's playing right now. So he was better a couple months ago. I want to see how Joe does going forward because – I mean, if he's operating a full, full, well, not for his age anyway, if he's good, Crowder fits in well, and um, Middleton looks like about the same as last year, they're right there with Boston. Because what you're looking at is your playoff rotation, right? And so in the playoffs, you want to play as play bad players as little as possible, right? right. That, that is your goal. So we know Giannis is going to play a ton, Drew and Chris. We, yeah, we got the, and Brooke, right? Those four. Okay, Crowder, Grayson Allen, is he going to play a lot? I don't know. Jay Crowder, right? Those guys, right? That's who who we're going to see that's going to come off the bench and do the different things. Bobby Portis is hurt right now, which is why they got um, Crowder and and, yeah. and and Myers Leonard. All right, a team that you were high on from the beginning, even when they were struggling, uh, not struggling so much anymore. 
Joel Embiid's a monster. James Harden playing like, I mean, not playing like Houston MVP, but still playing like one of the top, I don't know, 12, 15 yeah. players in the league. Yeah. James Harden, uh, Philadelphia 76ers. What are you looking for for them? So they've got the toughest schedule in the East going mm. forward. And they play, I think, the toughest defensive schedule. Mm. Uh, two games against the Bucs and a game against the Cavs on the road. Um, where are they going to be? Can they, can they manufacture offense in, in, in the face of that? Um, and how do they do it? How are they doing it? Is it relying on Joel Embiid's unbelievable talent? Is there, is there more nuance to what they can do? Can they, can they beat you? Uh, maxi isolations, maxi pick and roll, Harden, maxi combinations, Harden and Embiid is a given. Um, uh, we need, if, they, if, they can, if they can even split in those games against those teams, uh, you know, win, win a one or two at Milwaukee, maybe beat Cavs on the road. Um, That'll show you sign, a lot. What's that? That'll show you yeah, a lot. Yeah, it just, uh, it, either they're going to be toe-to-toe with those other two or they're not. And um, t- I, I want to see it. I want to yeah. see three teams that all have a great chance. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, if you want to give a slight edge to Boston, which maybe I would. Jay, I was watching tape on Tatum this morning. He's just so unbelievable. Um, and Milwaukee's got Giannis, but here's Embiid. There's Harden. Uh, they've got a lot. of Philadelphia, Daryl Morey loaded the roster. You know, De'Anthony Milton's such a good player. George Niang's such a good player. Tobias Harris is such a good player. Uh, they're, 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 the talent level between those teams and then everyone else, including Cleveland, is just so stark yeah. in terms of a contrast. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland's starting five is great, but so even good. then their talent isn't the same as these other teams. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I want to see how, how are they putting together offensively against the, t- the toughest schedule going forward. I like that. Um, let's talk about Cleveland, right? Yeah. While they are young, they are the number one team in adjusted net rating and the number one defense in the NBA. They have a profile that suggests a deep playoff run. Now, concerns are bench and youth, but what are you looking for them for for them as they finish the rest of this? You know, this they're season? just they're just a couple of games behind Philadelphia for mm-hmm. the third seed, yeah. and they have a very easy schedule. Maybe second or third easiest going forward here. Uh, they could they could really put together a run, and. And Philly's got the toughest schedule. So if we. Oh, you, 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 you went away. I think you, you pulled. I pressed mute by mistake. <laughs> we, we could see a flip-flop there. Uh, uh, Boston's probably going to win the East. And Milwaukee's no easy second seed to, to play. Nope. But it ain't Boston. Um, but to see them get to the third seed would be, would be a sign of something. I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if uh, you know, Danny Green they picked up. Right, but maybe not. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he didn't do help Memphis at all. <laughs> uh, Rubio is out right now. Good backup. Can you know, What can he do? He's not shooting well at all. Who's their backup center? Kevin Love's gone. He wasn't playing anyway. He's in Miami. Uh, they could go real small. They're, they're, if they could play a postseason game where all 48 minutes is either Mobley or Allen, that's good. Mm-hmm. They, but, but there's also, that means they're, they're playing more. And and so I could see them getting worn down a little bit, the lack yeah. of depth. Yeah. Uh, if they can develop some depth, if Dean Wade can play a small ball five role, uh, I don't think he can, but that'd be interesting to see. But if they can at least beat up the schedule going forward and make a run at Philly at number three, it really gives them some momentum next year. They'll know, they'll, sure. they'll know what holes they have, mm-hmm. and they can address it for next season. And it gives this group a collective playoff run, which they don't have yet. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell's done playoffs, and they were in the play-in last year. But as a, as a group before he was here, but as a collective group, they don't know what it's like to be in that fire. So this will be this will be a good test for them. All right, let's move over to the Western Conference. The top line over there: Denver Nuggets, and most likely the three-time MVP in Nikola Jokic, number one uh, team in the Western Conference. What are you looking for them as we close out this regular season? It's a, it's a lot. Uh, they're interesting. <laughs> they're dominating the West. Mm-hmm. And they have the biggest differential um, and, and net margin, I think, home and away. Incredible home team. Uh, not very good on the road. And so now let's see, can they – I mean, if, I, if, I, if I'm Mike Malone, I'm really stressing that we've got to get some genuine confidence in our road games going into the postseason. We do not want to be in a situation where when we lose a home game, which is going to happen – we feel like we're fucked. Mm-hmm. We have to feel like, oh, we'll be fine. The Warriors ha- ha- were that way, you know, um, last year. Most champions are. They've got to show an ability to win games on the road. They're, they're in the road right now. I think they have 
Cleveland, Memphis, and Aaron Gordon and um, Jamal Murray are out, mm-hmm. I believe, for the next two games. Mm-hmm. I think they're with the team traveling, but I don't think they're playing either game. So tough, but they beat Miami that same way. Uh, they've got to find ways to win on the road. Let's see how Reggie Jackson can do. Mm-hmm. I think Mike Malone really like him. Mm-hmm. I think Reggie will have an edge about him after what happened with the Clippers. Sure. And and Ish Smith, who I love as a player, but he was not a good player this year. Really bad, actually. So so that's going to help them a lot. Um, just, I think, as a backup. And then I'm a little worried about their depth overall. Uh, depending on Christian Braun, yeah. Brown, uh, uh, worries me. For as, sure. Even though he... He's a nice-looking rookie. He's a rookie. He's a rookie. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what the playoffs is like. Yeah. <laughs> and I think and- Tom, I think Thomas Bryant will, as you know, I'm a friend mm-hmm. of Thomas's. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think he's a huge upgrade over yeah. Javale McGee. For, oh, for sure. And and every possible and DeAndre way. Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. Um, huge upgrade when Jokic is out because they were getting murdered worse this year than last year when he was out. And so having him. They they can he was he was basically keeping the Lakers even behind AD. He can do the same thing I think in Denver, um, but they have to show a defensive mindset on the road, and uh, and 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 then also manage the game when Jokic is out mm-hmm. and let Jokic's talent shine through uh, when he's on the court. And when Jokic is out, if they stagger those minutes, you know this is where Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. matter, yeah. right? Like you, MPJ the other- really matters. Yeah, he, yeah, he's huge. We really we know who Jamal Murray is, and mm-hmm. he's recovering from injury. Let's see what Michael Porter Jr. can do on both sides, mm-hmm. um, and also Aaron Gordon as a as a two way player, not just a defensive monster. I'm very impressed with Aaron Gordon. He's changed his brand. Yeah, yeah. he's had a good, and, good season, and yeah, he's had a great year. Um, and he's the guy to guard the Kevin Durant and Paul yeah, George and for Ka- sure. Kawhi. Of course, they have two of them in the same team, the Clippers. Mm-hmm. That uh, that's a big deal. We'll see how MPJ does. He elevate into that kind of player. Being a two-way guy in the postseason will be huge for them. Absolutely. Um, all right. My favorite team, the Memphis Grizzlies. What are you? I mean, I know what I'm looking for. Steven Adams, when are you coming back? <laughs> right. How they do with that Adams is a big deal. The last 10 games are 24th in three-point shooting. Um, 24th in offense, 26th in three-point shooting, which is why they got Luke Kennard. Right? I would mm-hmm. think. I would, I, think I, would think. <laughs> I would think they're aware. He's a great shooter. Yeah. Really, really great catch-and-shoot guy. And on that team, he can get a lot of that. Uh, they, that's, they've got to figure out how to play without Adams. Jaron Jackson has to figure out how, to, how can I dominate without fouling. And, um, and they've got to get that. I mean, their bench, to me, is very suspect. Yes. And yes. young and suspect. And I, I'd like to see them play with the same edge and more humility. Um, I think you can do both. Yeah, and sure. that's not that's not what they've been doing this year. No, yeah, for sure. We we talked about it a couple uh, episodes ago. Um, the Clippers, a team you were high on, Kawhi's back and playing well. Paul George, like they made some, they consolidated her on the roster, right? Russell Westbrook is now there. Um, you know, what do you think about the Clippers? So there's two issues with Clippers that I find interesting. Um, they have the worst record amongst all these teams against good teams, nine and nineteen. Mm. And they have the toughest schedule going forward. Oh, that's not a good in recipe. the West. <laughs> yeah. So let's see. Let's see. Right. We're, we're not going to go into the postseason asking questions. Right. We we've right. asked we've been asking fair questions and not really gotten answers because of all these injuries and mode management. But they th- this is it. They're, they're, they had a Russell Westbrook. I have major concerns about that. Mm-hmm. Unless they just play him limitedly. If you play him in a limited fashion, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Too much is a problem. He takes terrible shots. He's not a good fourth quarter player. Then he needs to be on the bench in the fourth quarter for sure. He's the type of guy that in the fourth quarter will take shots and Kawhi won't. He just will. Which is bad. <laughs> Which yeah, is it's bad. just not smart. He's, <laughs> I love his confidence himself, but it's not wise to have him do that. So it, I, I thought they'd win the West in the, in the postseason before the season started. I thought it was Milwaukee Clippers finals. I think Milwaukee can really get there. The Clippers, um, I have to see how this goes. But if they're 500 with the toughest schedule, it's not good enough. No. They need to really play well in this, in this environment. And if they're able to do that, then they're, they become, to me, a favorite in the West. Okay. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, uh, I believe Kevin Durant looks like March 1st is the date he's starting to be back, which is against the Charlotte Hornets on the road. What are you looking for for the Suns? Oh, boy. I mean, I think that's too hard, right? What are they going to do with KD? How does Chris Paul play with KD? Um, 
I, I worry, you know, is, is Josh Koji the guy? Mm-hmm. Is, is Torrey Craig the guy? Mm-hmm. My guess is they'll, they'll knowing Tyree Tolu a little bit, they'll do it based on personnel on the opponent. Mm-hmm. Do I need a bigger guy? Do I need a smaller guy? Even though a, co- a Koji's wingspan is enormous. Um, and he, he shot the ball well. Uh, and I was just going to so. say, mm-hmm. and how those guys do offensively. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you need one of them to be a starter. You need both guys to be very good contributors as you play with the lineup a little bit. Um, TJ Warren, mm-hmm. can he give you five good minutes a half mm-hmm. where you don't just get killed when he's in the game mm-hmm. on either end, especially defensively? Um, Chris Paul's health, sure. KD's, KD's health. health. These guys are Devin Booker's health. Yeah. Their team connection is a big deal. It's easy to get. It's easy to say you'll get connected in the postseason. Harder to actually do it. They just, you know, it's you know, adding him. Adding KD with there'll be twenty some of my games left when he comes back in March. Mm-hmm. How much time? I mean, he's an easy guy to play with, <laughs> right? You say, but you still got to you, you still gotta do have it. the confidence to do your shot when he's right. open because he's always it. open, right? <laughs> You've got to be okay with take, and he's a great teammate with that. He doesn't really bitch mm-hmm. and moan, nope. But you still got to do it, yeah. All right, um, we have to because they are the defending champions, even though they're not looking great. What are you looking for for the Warriors? Of course, Steph Curry being healthy is the big thing. He's going to get reevaluated in another week, so he won't be playing basketball until at the earliest March. But well, you know, I want to go back to the Clippers a little bit. I, di- mm-hmm. I didn't say that um, their D has been playing better, and I'm, I'm leading to the Warriors in a minute, and they've got the Kings in Denver coming up. So well, we're going to get an early glimpse. They'll test yeah. your defense. We'll yeah. see how good we'll your D is against we'll those We'll get an teams. early glimpse at, at <laughs> that. And and uh, like Denver, um, Golden State's road woes are just mystifying. They, they gave a 134. They gave up 77 second half points to the Clippers the last game before the break. Steph Curry will help that a little bit, not just because he cares about defense, but because you score more. Mm-hmm. So you got to take the ball out of bounds, less, less five on four, five on three, four on three, mm-hmm. three on two. Their transition defense sucks as it is. That's got to change. Jordan Poole's got to pay attention. To me, it's a, a, a lot on Jordan Poole. Are, are you willing to forget about what happened with Draymond and just lock in on defense and really act like you care? Wiggins has been so out of the lineup this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you hope that he can come back and do well defensively. Green and Looney are terrific mm-hmm. defensively. Yeah, they've been great, yeah. DiVincenzo is just a little bit small. Uh, tries hard. Um, but yeah, uh, Golden State has got to care. They're actually the lead of my of my article coming Monday. They have to care. Um, they've got to care about defense. They've got to, it's not just about locking it, it's about competing at the high level and connecting to it. And go getting it, as Draymond said, because it ain't coming. Yeah. No, they're not just, you're not just going to play magical defense because Draymond and Looney are behind you and you're the Warriors. You got to manufacture it. You've got to execute strategies and if you're supposed to force the guy into the screen, force him into the screen, don't get beat going the other way and break the defense down. That's on clay. Gary Payton will help. Mm-hmm. When, know, he, when, well, when he gets back. If which, he can get yeah, back right. healthy. So that's a big thing. Can he really be that defensive guy they need him to be? And if so, you know, it's the Warriors. And, we'll, and we know with offense they can, what, what they can have. You know, it's uh, – it's eight finals they've been to, um, right? Uh, yeah, eight. I think it's right. So is that right? They've lost four. They lost four. One four. They lost. Lost four. Yeah, it sounds about right. Didn't no, they? they lost to the Cavs. They lost to the Cavs and the once, Toronto. They've been, so they've been to twice. six. Six, six in finals eight in eight years. That's what it is. Yeah, six finals six in eight years. Okay, we figured it out. We're all good. <laughs> that's, how, that's how dynasties like dynasties often amazing. end like yeah. this though. Like you, yeah. You don't usually go out like, oh, we're going to on top. Like, it starts the crater like now. Do you, like, not taking away your coach hat, like, just the vibes and the, the, the emotiveness. Do you think mm, you're not really feeling it this year and then winning a title? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I, I've written about it. Um, they've got to dramatically change. And it's just hard to, it's almost impossible to predict that they, predict that they will. And of all the teams I, I listed in the West, it, getting by any of them won't be easy. And the East teams are better. Yeah. So yeah. making to the finals will be unbelievable for them. Right. Not likely. Right. And then beating an East team, probably very, not. Very unlikely, yeah. Right. No. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, something interesting, David, beginning of the season, Vegas puts out a bunch of over-under odds, team team wins, right? Everyone sees, you know, who's going to win how many games, what have you. I thought it was interesting we saw, based on what happened this year, teams that their win totals, because this particular Vegas site, um, they changed it based on how the team was performing. 
and whose teams under owner over, over totals fell the most. So on the teams that their win totals jumped, Oklahoma City plus 16, the Jazz plus 15, the Pacers plus 12, Sacramento plus 10, and the New York Knicks plus 6. All those teams to every right performed better than just about everybody thought. The, the Oklahoma City in particular, right? Because they're just so young, but Mark Daniels really got something cooking down there. As you often say, they run great stuff. They're just young, but they look pretty good. Yeah, on OKC's side, um, I thought it'd be one more year for them with Chet being out. I thought they would I thought they would trade Shea, actually, when I did my preseason Mm -hmm. opinion. I thought they would trade him. I'm glad they didn't. Um, I had an epiphany last night. I was telling you, I don't know why it came to me. I started (laughs) thinking, uh, oh, oh, they've got their core. They've got it. They've got uh, they found a way to get Giddy to be a defensive, a solid defensive player. Uh, they've got their superstar. Mm-hmm. They hope Chet can become a superstar. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he can. Right. He fits the system. They're running great driving kick. Um, no posting. Uh, Jalen Williams from Santa Clara is the small forward that they want. They want to put him with Giddy because he can end up being the defensive monster. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything they're doing now is just bonus for what they're going to be which is a juggernaut. They're really going to be terrific. Um, I'm happy to say that uh, you won't remember this maybe, but when I did my preseason predictions for win totals, I, I was eight games short. So I, I, do a, I do kind of a just a guesstimate where they're going to be. Right. And then you, the numbers have to add up to 1,230, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was eight games under. So I had to give eight more wins to someone. And I was going to sprinkle it around, but I really looked at my at my numbers and I thought, "Oh, I'm I'm way too pes- uh, pessimistic on um, Sacramento." Sacramento. Yeah. I gave him seven wins. Yeah. I don't remember where I had him. Probably in the forties, but um, I probably was still off. And obviously, I you know I thought Utah would just mm-hmm. train wreck. Yeah. They didn't sure. choose mm-hmm. to do that. Um, but yeah, Sacramento is uh, they're just an incredible offense and a bad defense. <sighs> I would not have guessed that either. But I thought they'd be a good offense. They have a lot of good players. And seeing Fox and Simonis play so well is great. Ooh. Barnes has been terrific. Herder. I, I, did, yeah. I did a Herder too. I did a Twitter poll. What if what if the Warriors had never gotten rid of Harrison Barnes for KD? How many Ooh. championships might they have won? That I think forty uh, something percent had them winning two or three or more. Um, I, I, I some smaller number had zero. I, I still think Harrison Barnes is very good. He's very good. Yeah. I still think they would have won some. I, it worked out fine. They won two, went to three. But but meanwhile, then they had two dark years. They they could still be. And then they won again. They could still be, have been really good all along. Harrison Barnes is a very good player. Yeah. yeah. And, and it would have, it may have given them more room in terms of depth on their roster, right? Because right. Harrison Barnes ain't making KD money. Right. Right. So. They get it. Yeah. It's just something to think about. Um, That's interesting. But yeah, I liked, uh, and then there were some teams that really failed. Oh, I mean, well, Charlotte, I mean, come on. I had them bad. Yeah. And look, I hope Victor doesn't end up there. Please, for the love of God. Like, I just don't want him to go to that place. Like, Oh, he he doesn't want to go either. He says, um, he says he's not paying attention to that, but we know the truth. Oh, shit. He's like, oh, please don't send me to Charlotte. And look, San Antonio is a perfect place for him. Obviously, is what I think. But, you know, look. Oh, man. If that happens. Yeah, Pop, Pop might be like, retiring? Who's retiring? I'm sticking around. <laughs> um, yeah. Golden State minus eight because, of course, all the injuries. And yeah. like you said, it's just sort of not happening. From Detroit minus eight, too. We thought the young guys might be a little bit better, but then when Cade went down, right, that, that kind of just yeah. – that, He's worth eight wins. Mm-hmm. And then Clippers and Phoenix, obviously a ton of injuries for them is, is, is what has their win totals down. And then, look, the Rudy Gobert thing was problematic in Minnesota, right? Yep. Like it hasn't. Cat's been out a lot too. Cat, well, I mean, Cat hasn't played since like November. Yeah, no, say. not quite that long. Maybe December, maybe like a long time. Yeah, been out for a bit. Well, you said something interesting. You're like, Cat, hmm, maybe a trade block like this this summer. Pay attention there. Yeah, they're starting to play better, and Anthony Edwards has been terrific. Really, mm-hmm. a great two way player. So maybe so then they go. All right, so your your two man is now you offense. Rudy defense. You don't have to worry about Cat. That's that's our one-two punch. Yeah, Conley comes off the books, so they'll have money to bring someone else in. They got rid of D'Lo, yeah, um, yeah. which is why I thought maybe they'll get rid of Cat next. I'm not saying they should. I'm just saying it's possible. Yeah, it, it might. And look, Cat, for a lot of people, he he has not lived up to his talent because he's got immense talent. On defense. On defense, is, oh, that's the main side. But he is yeah. an 
brilliant offense. Amazing player. offensive player. Yeah. <laughs> like so. So if you've got a good defensive squad and you just need a big man who can score, well, you know, maybe you think about, about getting a cat on your on your roster. Like Memphis, maybe. All right. Um, so, you know, uh, bringing the mood down a bit, um, I w- wanted to talk about um, this situation um, at the University of Alabama. Uh, some of you may know that um, a player on the team, Darius Miles, um, was arrested and charged with capital murder. Um, he and a friend of his, um, the, the friend was the one who actually pulled the trigger on the gun. Uh, shot a 23-year-old woman um, in Tuscaloosa. She died. Uh, she was a, a young mother. Um, it has come to light recently that freshman Brandon Miller, who is a top three NBA prospect, if I'm not mistaken, the best freshman in the country for sure, might be the best player in the country uh, when it's all said and done. Um, he was um, found out to have driven a car to pick up Darius Miles, and inside the car was the gun that was used to shoot um, uh, this woman. And once the incident happened, uh, Miles was immediately dismissed from the team. Like it was no questions asked, gone, straight up. Oh, you're you're involved in murder? Out of here. Miller, however, remained uh, on the team. And but did we know early on that he drove the so, murder weapon? Because I don't what, think we knew that publicly. So, so publicly, we did not know that. Right. But this is where I want to go. The team knew. In states like Alabama, where there are no pro teams, and in Tuscaloosa specifically, where the University of Alabama is, they run, been, they, they run everything. I have been there and eaten at Dreamland. You know. Barbecue place, yeah. Everybody that's involved in any kind of fishy uh, law enforcement or political capacity has some tie to the U. It, they just do. That's how these places work. Police chief, circuit court judges, all connected. And what I'm saying is when incidents like this happen and they involve players that play football especially, but anyone that plays sports for those teams, the school is immediately notified before anyone else of all the details of what's going on. First of all, who is it right that, that's involved in this? What's the situation? What are the charges? What's going on? X, Y, Z. You know, it was interesting that that Miles was was gotten rid of immediately. Well, easy to do because he wasn't really playing that much, right? I just mentioned Miller is the best player in the country. Like, yeah. and Alabama has a chance to get a number one seed for the first time in the history of their school. Yeah. This is what happens when we prioritize sports over human beings. And I see people all over the internet saying, well, last night, uh, Miller had a phenomenal game against South Carolina. Scored forty one points, including the game did, winner. Did he really? Oh, he was. He was. I unreal. knew he had the game. I knew he had the game winning tip in or something, but he was. He was unreal. He was I unreal. did not know he had forty one. Wow. And people talking about it, saying, "What an amazing performance amid the controversy." Yeah. Guys, murder is not controversy. Okay. Now, I'm not saying Brendan Miller is a sociopath or a psychopath or a murderer or any of these things, right? And his lawyers come out and said he didn't know the gun was in the car. Yes, he was there. All that well and good. But what I am saying is though, he was adjacent right very adjacent to a murder right a teammate called him pick him up had a gun in the car took out the gun shot somebody right that actually happened and we know in our judicial system had that been anyone else who was not any kind of sports player jail immediately and you want to know how i know Kids get tossed into Rikers Island right over here in New York all the time on the suspicion of crime with no evidence right off the jump, with no questions asked. George Floyd was murdered for (laughs) allegedly passing some counterfeit bills. Shit happens like that (laughs) all the time. So I don't want to hear about, oh, no, 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 no. If this was anyone else, jail. Right alongside um, of Miller until they, alongside Miles, until they figured out, okay, what was what? Who's doing the, the due process here? And- Again, when you prioritize sport over people, this is the problem. And it really bothered me, David, when the Alabama Crimson Tide head coach, Nate Oates, said postgame, one of the most mentally tough kids I've ever coached. Not surprised he came ready to play and played well tonight. It could have been a distraction, but Brandon showed up. Like, I just thought that was just disgusting. Yeah, it's just creepy. Like, distraction? A woman's dead. Right. Like, what? I don't mean to make light of this by any stretch, but I did he, the way you phrased it when you when you um, 
talked about when you're what was the word you adjacent to yeah adjacent to murder <laughs> yeah uh did you ever watch seinfeld yeah he, he there's a there was a scene where george reached into a trash can and saw a half-eaten eclair he's at his <laughs> girlfriend's house and his mom the, the 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 girlfriend's mom saw it and and she and he tried to claim like he wasn't really taking out of the trash but he was right, right, right. taking a big bite of it right. and when he was with jerry told him the story in the in the cafe <laughs> jerry said uh it might have been in his home. He said, adjacent to refuse is refuse. <laughs> so anyway, adjacent back to, to more serious stuff. This all leads into Miles Bridges maybe coming back in March, right? Yes. With Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Now, he wasn't accused of anything nearly as heinous as murder. But domestic but violence to, in front of your child. Still terrible. Yeah, I don't know if he's guilty or not. Right. We don't know Brandon, what Brandon Mill's guilty of. But um, it, it just seems to me, it, I think you're right, that uh, we want to we want to carry ourselves. We want to present a better face in our sport. Uh, we have no control. Alabama can do whatever they want to do. NATO saying what he said is to me. It's very Trumpy. It's playing into the you know beat your chest and hey we're we're macho men. We can handle all this. And um, I, I, if it was my one of my children involved in this, driving a murder weapon to its to to to, to its ultimate use. Mm-hmm. I would have, yeah, I mean, I very, very serious problems. And my child would not have been playing in any game that night. That's for sure. Well, I was going to say, if you were coaching that team, Brandon Miller, definitely not playing. Well, if it was just, if my, if my child was on the team, I can't make him not play, but I can't say, well, you're not welcome to sleep at my house anymore. If that's, if that's the kind of person you are, you'll always be my child, but I, I can treat you differently because of how you're acting. This is a serious thing. You can miss some games, just some games. Like, let's get our priorities in line here. Uh, I, I'm interested to see the truth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a pretty devastating situation. What's happened? Yeah, for sure. We had the violent murders in uh, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worry about my kids on a college campus sure. right now. My wife in an elementary school. The state of guns in our country is fucked up mm-hmm. to begin with. But um, someone's got to be the adult in the room, and this is where I think they've really lost it. Give give t- give them two weeks suspension while you're trying to get the details to get to get the facts yeah. and be honest and come and be forthright about it yeah the the whole uh-huh. like well you know between uh the school president and our legal council we decided that he was eligible to play it's like you guys went with the, the sole focus of how can we get him on the court that was your focus not what's the right thing to do and they you know School said in a statement, UA Athletics continues to cooperate fully with law enforcement in the ongoing investigation of this tragic situation. Based on all the information we have received, Brandon Miller is not considered a suspect in the case, only a cooperative witness. No, man, a cooperative witness doesn't sound good either, right? Like, again, ostensibly, Darius Miles is on a team, right? So I'm assuming he has more than one friend on the team. He could have called anybody. Why'd he call him? Right? Like... It's just the whole thing. And anyway, to, to your point, Alabama could have done the right thing and said, you know what? You're sitting until all the facts come in and we decide until we know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, we can just, nothing to do with anything, great. We'll move on from here. But this whole dodging the situation and then not answering questions and saying, oh, wrong place, wrong time. I'm like, it just sounds very callous. It's not great for Brandon either. Um, I, he's guilty of nothing as far as we know. Aaron Hernandez was guilty of murder and is now dead and he killed himself in jail. But if you, I went to, I went to the school, Aaron mm-hmm. Hernandez, the football tight end, former tight end went to Florida. Apparently he, all sorts of red flags when he was in school, but he was so fucking amazing as a tight end. Um, national champion twice. Mm-hmm. The sure. whole thing. Number yeah. one, number one tight end in the draft, number mm-hmm. one tight end coming out of high school. It, they just looked right over it and people died and he's dead after being in jail. Um, because he just, as you said to me off air, his, his fear of consequences had been mitigated over the years. It's fair to say. We have to make sure Brandon uh, recognizes his mistake, whether he was guilty of a crime or not. Right. That's doesn't mean different. there isn't a learning experience for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. You got to teach him. 100%. All right. On some more positive stories. Um, well, <laughs> I don't know how positive it is, but um, Atlanta fired Nate McMillan. And it looks like Quinn Snyder is one of the front runners to be their coach. I know you think Quinn's a, a good coach, and yeah. you know, I, I think bad playoff coach, very great yeah. regular season coach, and he's got potential to be a great mm-hmm. postseason for sure. And too. as you always say, coaches can get better, yep. and Quinn can Quinn can get better. That's not their problem to me, <laughs> coach. You know where I'm going with this? Like, yeah, until they solve their Trey Young problem, I don't know if Quinn or whoever's going to make any difference. This is now the second coach that's gone. 
right? And you know, I know you always say it's much easier to like, you know, to find a new coach than it is to find a talented player. But at some point, right, if this happens again, I'm not saying it yeah. will, yeah. we got serious questions that need to I be. I know hit. trade Trey at that point. Um, Quinn's got to demand ball movement. You, Jazz are the, the, the blender, as what their TV guys called it, was always top whatever in passes per game. Mm-hmm. So Trey's been amazing as a passer, but he's also been a ball dominant guard. There's going to have to be a changing of, of the guard, so to speak, mm-hmm. for them to have the kind of success. So we'll demand more defense from him as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, I think he's I, – I mean, I, I don't know that I would have hired him over some other guys, but he's a good coach. And, um, yeah, Trey's on the clock now. The honeymoon's long gone. <laughs> honeymoon's over. <laughs> um, Gary Payton, um, Seattle Supersonics legends, uh, one of the great two-way guards of all time. He had a great comment about um, the influx of European players and how good guys like Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic are in today's game. And you enjoyed it, David, because, you know, he he gave credit to the fact that the game is global and these guys in Europe are good. We didn't give them an opportunity to play in the M- NBA before. So how would we know if they were good or not? But now we are and they're great. I just really appreciate an older man not going to, um, well, the game is so soft now, and so these guys can play, and, <laughs> and we taught him how to play and all of that. And instead, he said, well, how do we know? We, we didn't give him a chance to come here 25, 30 years ago, nearly like we do now. Um, and, and then he also acknowledged that some of these guys have been pros for a long time. And he's right. Yep, they yeah. learn how to, you know, our high school kids don't learn how to play. They develop skills and competitiveness and athleticism. They don't know how to play the game at all. You can watch any college game and see that. For the most part, um, almost universally so. And they just playing with men helps you play better, smarter, slower, read the game more. And so I, 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 I'm glad Gary Payton, you know, the uh, glove, what do they call him? The glove. Mm-hmm. The glove, yeah. Um, I'm glad he d- didn't take the macho answer, but had a very <laughs> astute, rational answer. Yeah. I appreciate that. No, and the, the, the league is better for it, right? The game is global. We export it all over the place, yeah. and now it's coming back to us you know, tenfold and, and it's yep. wonderful. The game, great. the game really is great. Um, I'm so excited for Victor. Can't wait. <laughs> um, Bronny James. So Victor's going to be the 2023 number one draft pick. Most likely. Um, Bronny's probably not going to be the number one draft pick in 2024, but David is Bronny James, a top 10 pick in 2024. Yeah. So that's trending because my, my longtime friend, my little brother, John Gavoni from ESPN, um, and I've been with John long before ESPN even knew who he was, had him at number 10 in the 2024 draft. And I think, I don't normally think they're looking, I was at ESPN for 10 years. I never once thought they were looking for, no one ever told me ever to do anything for ratings, right, ever, right. not once. Uh, never, no. never, 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 ever was there an editorial statement from me. They might have had a headline looking for it, but never did they guide me anything in the article. I have no idea what's going on in that place now. But, um, I'd, I I think it's hard to project him as a top 10 guy, but not impossible. Not impossible. Uh, if he can be a combination of Fred Van Vliet and Chris Paul, um, yeah, super athletic, high-level defender who can really shoot and pass, uh, there might not be nine guys more intriguing than that. If he could be your – if he could be the – I mean, Jalen Suggs went four and can't shoot. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's be real. He's, right. He went number four and he cannot shoot. <laughs> Uh, uh, he's a little bit bigger than Braun, but that maybe Bronny, maybe inch and a half. I mean, it shouldn't really matter. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's a, a crazy stretch. Okay. We we got to see how he does. He's got to he's got to perform in college. If he doesn't perform uh, to that level and goes top ten, we know it's because of his name for sure, for sure. But I want him to earn it himself. And so so lead USC. I think he's going. Is he going to USC? Is that official? I don't think he announced. I don't uh, maybe officially final announced two. yet. Yeah, I'd like to see him lead his team to a Sweet Sixteen or a conference championship or just play really well. Um, he is a, I, I love his game. I love how he okay. plays. So I, as I've written twice. Yeah. So I know you watched some film on him this morning. Do you think now he is a high major division one level college player? I always thought he was. Okay. I still have questions about his scoring. Yeah. When you play in a team that's got so many players, he's just allowed to be the quarterback. But, mm-hmm. but remember Chris Paul was a quarterback and always has been a quarterback. But he still had 61 in a high school game mm-hmm. uh, uh, in, in his last season. He had moments of that. I'd like to see – I was hoping to see that from Bronny this year. I thought we would. We haven't yet. But um, I think it's just because of where he plays. So the competition won't scare him too much. He plays the right way. 
He could be the leader of a very, very good college team because he is a playmaker and an elite defender. Um, really a chaos creator, but also a lockdown guy. Very athletic. Uh, shot looks better and better. We'll see how that, that translates. But there's every reason to believe he'll be a, a good freshman. Top 10, again, a bit of a reach unless he plays his way into it. Okay. And I know uh, LeBron said he, he liked Oregon, too. That was on his list. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up going. Um, and, yeah. And, you know, and he's going to earn his starter spot, right? No one's going to hand him the keys. Like, oh, you're going to start on day one. Well. Or earn it. And then oh, maybe. You, maybe they will. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. But, well, but, well, but the, then you sink or swim on your own. They yeah, can't true. fake it. If he doesn't play very well, it's going to be obvious. Yeah, no, you're you're you're, you're dead on there. Um, no games happened, um, so we don't have any changes in our top five. At least I don't. Do you? Uh, to me, it's the same top five as I had before. Before I left for the break, I don't know what my five was before, but I <laughs> I, I gave some thought to. All it. right, let me let me hear your top five. So my now I've got number five is uh, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I had last time. You didn't have Cleveland there last time. And then I've got Sixers. Mm-hmm. Denver, mm-hmm. and then Milwaukee and Boston. That's what I got. Only one uh, Western team in there. That's what I got. Memphis, yeah. as I mentioned, dropped out of the top five. No, their yeah. their offense is falling to seventeenth. Yeah, yeah, Yuck. they've been bad. They've been bad of late too. Yeah, and they've just got to get a, their shooting right. Yeah, twenty. I told you, twenty fourth in offense last ten games. That's that's not a that's not a top five team. That is a gross team. Is what that is. But we'll know a lot more starting Monday. We will. All right, everybody, have a great weekend, and we will see you next week. Take care.